Welcome to the Ag Future Podcast, presented by Alltech. Join us as we explore the future of farming, food, and nutrition. According to the Alzheimer's Association, an estimated 47 million people worldwide are currently living with dementia, and this number will triple by 2050. With a new case diagnosed every three seconds, can we stop the clock on dementia? It's one of many questions we have for Dr. Gregory Jaika, chief clinician and professor at the University of Kentucky's Alzheimer's Disease Center. And thank you for joining us, Dr. Jaika. Thank you for having me this morning. And given what you know as a result of your research, are you optimistic that we can indeed stop the clock on dementia? I am an incredibly optimistic person, but uh, here uh, my thoughts are really based in reality. And yes, indeed, they are all optimistic. We have discovered what causes Alzheimer's disease at almost every level. We have almost every piece solved. And we know then how to go about attacking each of those targets with a set national plan in the U.S. of having a cure or medicine for the prevention of Alzheimer's by 2025. That means the medicines we hold in our hands today are the cures of tomorrow. You and your team are actively engaged in several state-of-the-art clinical trials in an effort to find better treatments and investigate potential cures for Alzheimer's disease and other forms of dementia. Can you tell us what you're looking into? So we're looking into a variety of different mechanisms. And what we know about Alzheimer's is it is a long process that begins about 20 years before the first memory complaints with the slow buildup of amyloid in the brain, inflammation, oxidative damage, eventually leading to neurofibrillary tangles, cell death, and dementia. So we're looking actually at a variety of agents that may prevent the disease initially, that once it's begun may abort it at many of the different time points along that pathologic spectrum. Uh, So the excitement is quite high. We do think that our best bet and our best opportunities, the most promising medications that we're using currently, are in the area of early prevention or in aborting the process very early on. Some time ago, uh, Alltech and the University of Kentucky's Sanders Brown Center on Aging uh, began partnering on research into the properties of the selenium-based Alltech product AT001. A 2009 study using a mouse model found that the supplement significantly reduced the levels of amyloid plaques associated with Alzheimer's. The FDA approved a phase one trial. That study confirmed that the AT001 seemed to be preventing these plaques from migrating from the spine, spinal fluid to the brain. Uh, You now have a phase two trial underway, focusing on volunteers with risk for Alzheimer's. Can you bring us up to date on this study? That's correct. You know, we've had a longstanding relationship with Alltech in moving AT001 forward from the early animal preclinical studies, which not only have shown an impact on reducing amyloid plaques, suggesting a role in the early prevention and or treatment of Alzheimer's, but even later stage changes like neurofibrillary tangles. The phase one study that we performed was really looking primarily at safety. How high could we push the dose of AT001 safely in humans? And we actually found no ceiling on that. Uh, We went up to uh, uh, 800 milligrams a day, that's 400 micrograms of selenium, 
and uh, that was uh, is much higher than the U.S. RDA for selenium. But in this particular form, the form produced by Altec in uh, the compound AT001, uh, safety was not an issue at any dose. Uh, we were able to show in that study uh, that we could use the high dose successfully over 12 weeks. And in that 12-week period, we saw tremendous changes in uh, the research participants. We saw an overall reduction in systemic inflammation, that's inflammation throughout the body. And we also saw uh, very positive trends for reduction of Alzheimer proteins in the spinal fluid. Uh, we've carried that forward now uh, in conjunction with Alltech in a phase two study. Uh, we have uh, 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 large numbers of subjects receiving the medication. The entire cohort is enrolled. Uh, many folks have finished a one-year duration of high-dose treatment with AT001. Again, we're not seeing any signals suggestive of any safety concerns whatsoever. I am blinded, of course, during the course of the study, so I can't comment on outcome measures as of yet. But I will tell you the last subject out of that study will be this year, December 2018, and we hope to have data available by late winter, early spring next year, uh, which really will hopefully confirm everything that we saw in the phase one study and pave the way not only for AT001 to make its mark as a supplement for brain health and the potential prevention of Alzheimer-like changes in the brain, but also I know the scientists at Alltech are moving forward always trying to identify the active compounds to purify, to uh, improve the efficacy, the ability of this drug to promote brain health. And so I think we have a long road ahead of us with uh, lots of discovery, and it's a very exciting time for us at the university in this partnership with Alltech. We would very much like to follow you on that. When uh, the second phase is over, perhaps we can revisit and see where you are at that point. Absolutely. Um, Alltech founder, Dr. Pierce Lyons, was a major proponent of these studies. What do you recall about Dr. Lyons' enthusiasm and support? Well, Dr. Lyons uh, had inexhaustible energy, in my opinion. Uh, at least I never saw him... Uh, moving at less than 180 miles an hour, I think. And, and that's in brain thought processes, not in uh, uh, the rate at which he operated his car. Dr. Lyons was incredibly excited about the potential of AT001 to impact humans. Of course, it's a supplement that's been used in the animal husbandry uh, business for many, many years. And uh, all tech scientists have noted profound benefits on brain health in those animals. And so this as a first endeavor to move all tech discoveries directly into human care and disease prevention was something that uh, Dr. Lyons really championed and uh, maintained his enthusiasm for uh, uh, through the entire project. On another subject, you've noted that uh, what you eat today, what we eat today, can affect our cognition in the future. Uh, and there is recent research that demonstrates that 
people who follow a Mediterranean-style diet enjoy a high level of protection against age-related cognitive decline. What components of this diet contribute to these benefits? That is the million-dollar question when it comes to diet uh, here in humans. We know that composite diets like the Mediterranean diet and the modified version of that now that's become quite popular, the MIND diet, are uh, certainly associated with better brain health outcomes. Unfortunately, we're currently lacking data on which of the components are actually most uh, beneficial in that regard, or is it a potential combination of components where we need certain ingredients or certain food types uh, to promote brain health, and the others are simply things that are carried along. I think that starting to parcel out and look at the individual components, the individual nutrients, much the way that we're doing with studies of AT001, studies of omega-3 fatty acids, of other nutritional compounds, someday is going to unlock that mystery where we may have the ideal diet where each of the components are actually based on science rather than our current course understanding of dietary needs for brain health. What additional lifestyle changes, cognitive exercises, that kind of thing, or uh, dietary supplements for that matter, might be of further use in preserving brain health and cognitive ability as we age? Well, I think that uh, uh, there are several areas of lifestyle that do need to be modified for brain health, and uh, uh, the first of which is uh, cognitive exercise, cognitive function as we age. There is a tendency, and I hear frequently from folks as they age, that they can't wait to retire and do absolutely nothing. That may be great for relaxation, but that is the worst thing in the world for your brain. Uh, we know that if you don't use it, you will lose it. And so recently, uh, the National Academy of Sciences had a, an advisory panel looking at state-of-the-art for brain health and prevention, and their number one recommendation was cognitive activity. That was followed by management of medical issues such as blood pressure, uh, control uh, throughout middle age and later years. Uh, we know that negative impacts on the body are also reflected through negative impacts on the brain. So if you're not seeing a doctor and have those medical problems, get out there and get those problems addressed. And the third is physical activity. And uh, we're not talking about devoting your entire life to becoming a gymnast or a heavyweight champion. What we're really talking about here is a simple 30 minutes, three days a week that is considered high-intensity exercise and it reduces your risk of coming down with a disease like Alzheimer's to almost one-third what it would be otherwise. That's a 300% improvement in your brain health reflected through that single activity. What we don't yet understand is how pulling all of those together, how much impact that will be. Uh, perhaps if each one lowers it by a third and we're looking at a third of a third of a third, uh, we may be down to a point where uh, there's a 90% plus chance of eliminating the future threat of Alzheimer's for an individual person who's maintaining that healthy lifestyle. Are there any emerging technologies or innovations that excite you at the moment that you're keeping your eye on? There are a number of 
exciting technological innovations. Uh, many of these are coming out in the area of genetics. Genetics have helped us to unlock uh, the mysteries of Alzheimer's disease. And more importantly, they're helping us to unlock the secrets to brain health and the individual cellular pathways that are important for us to target through interventions, nutritional supplements, and medications that are being developed. One always thinks about genetic discoveries as being something that we're simply left with. You're stuck with your genes, and if you have that risk, there's nothing you can do about it. But I think what we've learned about precision medicine in the area of cancer is understanding your genetic risks can help us to develop a personalized prevention program for Alzheimer's disease, a personalized program for your individual brain health. Dr. Jaika, what would you say you enjoy the most about the work that you do? That is an incredibly difficult question. And uh, it's a difficult question because I am a physician and I directly care for patients one-on-one -on -one, uh, throughout uh, most of my day, whether that's in the context of research or in straightforward clinical care. And that's incredibly rewarding. But on the other hand, the ability to help move innovative ideas forward, to be at the forefront of our search for cures for a disease as devastating as Alzheimer's disease is incredibly intellectually rewarding. And that combination is something I simply wouldn't trade in for anything. Dr. Gregory Jaika, Chief Clinician and Professor at the University of Kentucky's Alzheimer's Disease Center. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Ag Future Podcast, presented by Alltech. For show notes and more episodes, visit alltech.com forward slash agfuture. future.